0: Welcome to the podcast from Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Logan campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world.
1: Jesus often spoke to the crowds in parables. These stories of everyday people and everyday places point us towards a spiritual story, a heavenly reality, if only we would look to see. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. pray this morning. Dear Father, we thank you. God, we thank you that you want to speak to us this morning. God, thank you that you you are here, that you're present through your Holy Spirit, and you want to speak into our lives, and you want to stir us and provoke us into thought and action. So God, I pray that, Lord, right now in these moments, our hearts are open, our ears are ready to hear from you, and Lord, we also pray for forgiveness for the NRL umpires last night and for forgiveness of the Raiders. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, we're not allowed to talk about NRL this morning, or the Broncos, or the cricket, or any form of sport, all right? Hey, uh, I want to just jump straight into this Bible passage we're going to look at. Matthew chapter 25 this morning, verse 14. It says this, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who calls his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another he gives two, and to one he gave one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. And the man who received five bags of gold went at once and put the money to work and gave five more, and gained five more bags. So also the one with two bags gained two more. But the one with, who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master returned to the servants, and and, and when he returned, he settled the accounts with them. The man who'd received five bags of gold bought the other five and said, Master, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things, and I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness." The man who had with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted with two more bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. The master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things, and I want to put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who received one bag of gold came and said, master, he said, I know that you're a hard man. Harvesting we have not sown, gathering we have not scattered seed. So I was afraid, and I went out and I hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, "You wicked and lazy servant!" Ouch! It's a a little bit, doesn't it? So you knew that I harvested where I've not sown, and gathered where I've not scattered seed. Well, then, you should have put all your money on deposit with the bankers so that when I return, I would have received it back with full interest. I'm going to pause there for a moment. Now, Bags of gold and a, and, a, and a master entrusting it to his servants, now we kind of think about it and go, that sounds great, and it sounds really encouraging and i don 't really quite know what to make of it now, The reality was back in the day those most scholars would suggest that those those bags of gold that the the master entrusted to his servants, each bag was about the same it's about the same uh, cost as about twenty years. Of labor, so it was the same as 20 years' wages, each one bag of gold that was entrusted. Now, who would like a bag of gold which is worth about the next 20 years of your wage? You know, how good would that be? And see, the parable, the point of the parable that Jesus is trying to make here is really simple and yet is also really challenging. And it's simply this that we must be faithful with whatever we have, be faithful with whatever we have. Do you know that God has given you a bunch of spiritual gifts? Do you know that God has actually given you also a bunch of natural abilities, natural gifts, things that you are good at far better than I'm ever good at? Do you know that this morning? That God has given you spiritual gifts, that he's given you gifts just for you, designed for you, to use and these gifts and these talents are, are designed to be used for amazing things, so much so that we find Jesus here talking to disciples and the different crowd that he was standing in the midst of, and he, and he wants to attract their attention, so he talks about bags of gold, and everyone 's ears prick up, and you know, if I had a bag of gold here, your ears would be pricking up as well. And so so Jesus here is using a bag of gold as an illustration because he knows that money catches our attention. Money catches our heart. And Jesus here is paralleling the value of 20 years wages with the gifts that he's given you and me. But he he does it because he wants you to understand that the gifts that he's given you are important. But you know what, I don't know about you, but there's times in life where I I look at the different bags that we carry around, and what we can do is we can kind of look at the the different bags that we have, and we can kind of look at a bag like this, and what we do with our bag of gifts is that we kind of look at it and go, you know what, I I look at that bag, and that looks so much better than that bag, and what we do is we fall into the trap of comparison. What we do is we, we compare our bag to the bag of the person next to us, and we go, you know what, I just feel like my bag's just kind of like a bag like this there's nothing overly special about it and then I look at this bag and I look at my neighbor's bag and I'm like you know what their bag is so much better than my bag my bag feels like this theirs feels like a briefcase and you know what theirs is big and amazing and mine's just not that impressive or is that just me But I suspect it's just like each one of us at times. But you see, what Jesus is trying to say to us is the exact opposite. In verse 15, he says this To one, he gave five bags of gold, to the other, he gives two bags, and then to another, he gives one bag, each according to his ability. Now, I remember reading this for the first time, and it sounded a lot like the master had a huge case of favoritism. You know, it felt like reading this, it was kind of like Jesus has got his favorites and then there's kind of like the middle ones and then there's kind of like the not so loved ones. You know, it's kind of like the loved child and then they're not quite as loved as that one or that one. And yet what Jesus is here is saying is not actually that. What Jesus here is saying is that he knows the abilities that he's placed and planted and, and put in you. He knows the abilities. He knows the talents. He knows your capacity. And so what he does, because he's a good father, he gives you gifts according to your ability. See, imagine if, imagine if God gave me the gift of being able to play a musical instrument, and yet I have no musical ability whatsoever. Imagine if going like God gave me this guitar and said, you know what, or someone gave me a guitar and went, hey, you know what? Here is a special guitar. It's worth a lot of money. And you know what? But I have no musical ability. Now that wouldn't be overly significant and special gift. So what God does is he knows the gifts that he's placed inside of you. He knows your capacity. He knows your ability. And so what he does is he gives you abilities, he gives you gifts according to your ability. So what I felt God saying to some of you this morning is that God made you on purpose, for a purpose. And as I was praying through this last night, I just had an overwhelming sense from the Holy Spirit that what he wants to do this morning is he wants to to free us from the disease of comparison. He wants to free us from the disease of comparison by simply this, understanding that each one of us have different gifts and different capacities and different callings and And that's okay. That God has given you that gift. Because imagine if God gave us all the gift of being able to lead worship. And there's like 200 people jammed on this stage. And we're all like leading worship. I mean that would be really squishy. Really hot and sweaty. And there'd be no one out here. But see, what God does, he goes, I'm going to give different people the gift of being able to lead people in worship so that when I'm standing down here, they can lead me in a place of worship and they can lead me to to encounter God through worship. See, the master gives the servant exactly what they can handle. And it's not because he's into favoritism. Because the reality is for God, every single one of the talents are of equal value. Every one of the abilities that God has given you and he's given me are the same in his eyes. Because Jesus is trying to catch our attention here. And he's simply saying to us this morning, be faithful with whatever you have. Late this week, I grabbed my phone. Let me just, I meant to bring my phone up. And I grabbed my phone and if you look at the front of my phone, it's a blue skin and none of you can see because none of you got that, that quite that good of eyesight. But on the front of it it says, be faithful with whatever you have. You can actually jump on our church website and you can jump on, you can click on the media link and you can actually download the the, the big idea from each of the, the sermons in this series each week. And you know, what? I have loved putting this on my phone because every single go to pick up my phone, it says be faithful with whatever you have. And it challenges me every single time I pick up my phone to go, okay, am I being faithful with, with whatever you've given me right now, God? Am I being faithful with my phone? Am I being faithful with my marriage? Am I being faithful with my parenting? Am I being faithful with my leadership? God, what is it that you want me to be faithful with? See, Jesus isn't saying in this, this parable, Jesus isn't implying that he's an unfair God because what we see here is that the man with five bags pleases the master the same as the man with two bags. And I want to say that because because God doesn't look at your talent. He simply is looking at what you do with your talent. See, God isn't kind of looking at your talent and going, you know, your talent, whoa, look at your talent. Well, it's kind of like, you know. What he's doing is he's simply looking at what are you doing with what God has gifted you with. See, but I count people at, at church and in the community who go, you know what, but I can't teach and I can't sing and I can't play musical instruments and I can't go on a mission trip because of time and I don't know how to work a computer and I can't really cook that well and I, and I don't have that much extra money to give to a church or missions or whatever it might be and I can't stand at the front and, get, and, and public speak and I can't do this and I can't do that and they give me all the reasons under the sun why they could never do much for God. But, the list goes on and on and on for each one of us at times. You see, what we feel like at times is that we don't have much to offer God. We feel like our, our bag is just kind of a hessian bag that doesn't look, kind of looks pretty plain. It's kind of not that impressive. It's not shiny. It kind of doesn't even without a, without a jacket, it doesn't even hold its shape properly. So we feel like at times that a gift that we have is not that impressive and really God can't really do that much with it because it looks a little bit plain and it kind of looks not that really significant. But the gift that you have does matter because he's given us all different gifts. And it's time to stop looking at what we don't have. And it's time to start looking at what we do have. Can I just invite you to watch the screen for a few moments?
0: Hello. Hi, how are you? And what's your name? Uh, Mandy Harvey. And who's this? My interpreter. What's your name? Sarah. Nice to meet you, Sarah. Nice to meet how you, Sarah. How are you? Hi, Sarah. Doing well, thank you. <laughs> Hello. OK, Mandy, so I think I've worked this out. So you're deaf? Yeah? Yes, I I lost all my hearing when I was 18 years old. Wow. And how old are you now? Uh, 29. So it's 10 years. Wow. And Mandy, how did you lose your hearing, if you don't mind me asking? I have a connective tissue disorder, so basically I got sick and my nerves deteriorated. So... You were singing before you lost your hearing? Yeah, I've been singing since I was four. So I I left music after I lost my hearing and then uh, figured out how to get back into singing with muscle memory, using visual tuners and trusting my pitch.
1: So your shoes are off because you're feeling the vibration. Is that how you're following the music?
0: Yeah, I'm feeling the tempo, the the beat uh, through the floor. And Mandy, what are you going to sing? I'm gonna uh, sing a song that I wrote called "Try." Okay, can you tell me what it's about? After I lost my hearing, I gave up, but I want to do more with my life than just give up. So. Good for you. Good for you. Okay. Well, look, this is your moment, and good luck. Uh, Okay.
1: Harvey. What an amazing voice. Now, Imagine if Mandy had have let her challenges in life stop her from doing and using her God-given gifts. Now, I don't know what you face, but I reckon if, if Mandy can learn to sing again after being deaf, then I reckon that I can overcome some little oppositions in life To be willing to use the gift that God has given me and given you. Imagine if if Manny had gone, you know what, it's just too hard and it's just I give up, which is what she said. But one day she decided to step by step, step by step, uh, engage, begin to engage again and go maybe just maybe I can, my gift could be used again. See, what this parable here is, what Jesus is trying to say through this parable is that God doesn't care about what you can't do. He cares about what he can do because he's placed the gift, the abilities, the talents in your life and my life. What God is simply saying through this parable is it's time to stop just sitting there it's time to do something, to find something, to create something, to make something, to do something, to do anything, rather than just sitting there and doing nothing, because God calls us to be faithful with what we have. See, it's time for some of us to start going, okay, Jesus, Jesus. What do you want to do with my life? What, what's the gifts and the abilities that you've used, that you've given me? And I want, to, I want to. it's time for me to get back in the game just like it was for, for me to get back in the game. It's time to find a way to start using your gift and my gift because all Jesus requires us to do is to be faithful with what he's given us. But remember there were three servants. There was the servant with the five bags. There was the servant with the two bags. And then there was the servant There was the other servant. The servant with the one bag, the one bag of gold, the, the one man show. Now you've got to remember, this was these bags of gold were worth about twenty years' wages. Now that is an amazing gift from a. Imagine getting that. Imagine getting in the Christmas card with from grandma and grandpa with that present in it. Now that would be a pretty amazing gift, wasn't it? I mean, you've got to think about 20 years' wages. So the guy who got two—that's 40. That's almost his entire working. Year. The guy who got five—that's longer than I'm probably going to be alive. You know, that's how much he was entrusted with. I mean, that was a lot of money. You know, some, that's like winning Tatts Lotto. Some people say that you know money doesn't make you happy. I'm willing to. try. Who else is with me? We're willing to try. Yep. But you see, he had a problem. And I reckon it's the same problem each one of us have at times. See, the problem is this. He did nothing with his bag because he was totally focused on the value of the bag. And in his mind, he made the bag seem, seem look so so worth it, so expensive and so enormous that he was too afraid of messing up and he was too afraid of losing it. And we know this because in verse 25, in the first part of it, it says this. So I was afraid. See, I told you. I was afraid, and I went out and hid your gold in the ground. You know what? There's people in our church, and you've not activated your gift from God, because you're afraid that you might mess it up. You're afraid that you might possibly get it a little bit wrong. You, you're afraid that, that if you give it a shot, that it, that, it, that it just won't work out, or maybe it is that last time you tried something, it didn't work out, and you blew it, and you made a mistake, and it was big, bad, and ugly, and you feel like, I could never do it again, and I'm not going to do it again, and I want to tell you one little secret. I want to tell you a little secret this morning. It is impossible to mess it up. Now I know that some of you when I say that are pushing back and going well Dave you don't know me and you don't know what I did and you don't know the mistakes that I made and you don't know how I tried last time to try and, you know get onto the worship team or get under whatever it might be and, and, and they said no and, and I blew it and I messed up and I did it wrong and it, and it kind of I was, going, I was thinking it looked like this and it kind of just was like a mess in the corner. But what I do know I do know is that God always has a plan. And I know that firsthand because there's been so many times I've tried to use my gift and I've tried something and it's gone not according to plan. And I know that there's been moments in our life where I've made mistakes and I've blown it and I've messed up. But I still know that God has a plan. I know that he can turn Your mistakes, because I know that he's turned my mistakes into my greatest miracle if I would just let him. I know that he uses our tests and turns them into our testimony if we would just allow him, if we would just get out of the boat, if we would just take a step of faith. You see, all that Jesus wants is for us to have a shot. See, all that Jesus wants is for us to have a crack. I remember when I was a youth pastor down in Melbourne, We had this great idea. Had this great idea that what we're going to do is we're going to try and raise four thousand dollars in five weeks to give to some Ozon-sized missions. We had about sixty high schoolers, and the aim was that they would go and get part-time jobs or do jobs around the house or whatever it is. And after five weeks, we would all bring. They would bring all the money that they've earned, and we would put it in a. It was youth ministry, so we put it in a big bathtub because, like, that's it's just random and it's youth ministry. So we had this big bathtub down the front, and I still remember the day when that's what we were going to do. And so we had a youth ministry full of faith, full of expectation, and they were sitting there going, you know what, we are going to step out in faith and we're going to see what God's going to do. And I was excited and the leaders were excited and the students were excited and not everyone was excited. And I discovered that because I had a whole lot of people come and knock on my door. I go, yeah, well, you're right. And they're like, hey, just... Uh, staggered 4000 thing. I'm not sure if it's a great idea. And I'm like, oh, why is that? And they're like, what happens if they don't meet it? What happens if they don't raise $4,000? I'm like, yeah, I haven't really thought of that much. Because I just kind of assumed that when it was God's vision, it was also his provision. I kind of just thought that, like, if we just took a step of faith, that the step of faith is my responsibility and the outcome is God's responsibility. So no matter what happens, it's in God's court. And so I don't really, I haven't really, really thought about that. So, five weeks later, a youth ministry gave all the money that they'd earned. And we did it for three years in a row, 15 weeks in a row, and unfortunately, we never made it to $4,000 once in three years. What they gave over three years, 15 weeks, was just over $37,000 from a bunch of teenagers who went, you know what, God, I'm just going to take a step of faith and we're going to do everything I can do to empower you to do everything that you can do. And God, you know what, my little doesn't seem that significant and my little doesn't seem that impressive, but God, I'm going to put my little in your hands and I'm going to trust that you're going to do something amazing with it. And I saw what God did Firsthand, when a bunch of teenagers risked it all on him and just did what they could do and used their talents and used their abilities. You see, church, what I want you to understand, what I feel like God's trying to say to you this morning, is God's less concerned about you messing up than he is about you giving up. He's less concerned about you messing up than he is about you giving up. And that's why the challenge, the big idea in this parable is simply this. Be faithful with whatever you have. You know what it doesn't say? Be faithful with what someone else has. You know, the, the big shiny bag that looks so much better than my bag? I'm going to be faithful with their bag. No, no. Jesus calls us to simply be faithful with what with what you have. Verse 27 goes on to say this. Well then, so this is the master talking to the the servant with the one back. He says this, well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. I read this last night and I was thinking through it all week and I've read that, read that verse so many times and it's, you know those moments where it's kind of like, you go, yeah, cool and you skim read and you just go to the next verse. It was like God kind of put it in neon, you know, it was like flicking in my, it wasn't but it, it kind of was in my head, you know what I'm trying to say. And, and, and what I realized through as I read that verse is this, that God doesn't require us to try very hard. The master just says to him, dude, all you needed to do was get the bag, 20 years worth of uh, of wages, take it to the bank, give it to them, let them do their thing, take it out, get the little handy of extra gold that you've got as a result of it, bring it back to them. And if you just did that much, was that very hard? No. If you just did that much, then I would have been more than happy with you. I would have been so incredibly satisfied with you. See, if at least he had have tried, then the master would have been satisfied. See, there's an age-old saying, something is better than nothing. I heard a story about a dad who was upstairs in a two-story house doing some work, and he he realized that he needed a book that he'd left downstairs. And so he he called his daughter into, into his office and said, hey, babe, can you run downstairs? And there's this book on the shelf. It's the third one in, second one up. And can you grab that book and bring it to daddy? And she's like, absolutely, dad, I'd love to. So she ran downstairs, and she ran back upstairs with a book, and she burst into his office with a great sense of joy, and she presented the wrong book to the dad. And do you know what the dad did? With a massive, big smile, he took the book from his daughter, and he thanked her and he gave her a hug, and she left the room full of joy and excitement and contentment. And then he quickly snuck downstairs and grabbed the right book, and he quickly ran upstairs with the book under his shirt so his daughter didn't see. See, the father loved the daughter. And he was satisfied with her effort, even though she got it wrong. See, what mattered to the father was the fact that she was willing to be obedient and to bring the book that she thought he wanted. And that was far more important to him than the fact that she brought the wrong book. And so this is why I suggest that I just don't think we need to worry so much about getting it wrong. And we need to have... A shot because what God is calling us to do is to be faithful with whatever we've had. And so, the one question I want to leave with you this morning is simply this What thing do you need to show God that you can be trusted with so that God can trust you with more and bigger things? Because we've got to realize at some point we're going to stand before God and God is going to look at us and He's going to go, Okay, what did you do with your life? What did you do with the gifts that I've given you? And we're going to either go, Hey, God, you know what? My bag didn't look that impressive but I did everything I could with it. And, and Jesus, can I just show you some of the stuff that you did with my life? And can I just show you some of the stuff that you did? It kind of wasn't that big, impressive bag, but you know what? Look at what you did with the little bit that you've given me. Because God is watching and God is looking at what we're gonna do. And he's asking us, will you be faithful with whatever I've given you? Now, this morning, in the corner over here is a guitar. You all laugh. <laughs> Kristen, just a quick question. How much is this guitar worth? Maybe about $2,000. About $2,000. There is some sort of scratches and like some imperfections on it, it's, it's which been it's been loved. How old is this guitar? Um, i for 20 years. 20 years. Now, dangerous question, but how long have you been practicing and learning the art of playing the guitar? 30 years. 30 years. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought that. I would have, about 15 years is what I was thinking. But, you know, so, so this, is a, this is an incredibly valuable guitar. Just over $2,000. Well used, well crafted, well worn in. And so what I thought I would do this morning is I would actually, I wrote a song especially for all of you. So are you ready? It's, it's too much laughter in this church, right? All right, all right. So this is this is a song I prepared just for each one of you. Already is this on? Just want to make sure because I want to get the full atmosphere. (laughs) That's about the musical abilities that I've got. Now as I carefully place that guitar back in the hands of Christian, $2,000 guitar, me just ask a question, has that guitar changed its value, be nice, uh, as I've given the guitar back. So that guitar was worth $2,000 when it was given to me and this guitar is still worth $2,000. However, this time, Rather than the hands being in a rookie guy who can't and has zero musical abilities in his entire life, I've placed the guitar with the same amount of value in someone's hands that's crafted, learned her abilities. Just want to step this way a little bit so we can get in the limelight. Uh, And so she has now going to show us how it's properly played. I could have done that. I just, for the purpose of illustration, I thought I'd... You see, the reality is, is, as I said a moment ago, the value of that guitar didn't change in my hands or her hands. The sound of it radically changes, yeah? Do you know that your life in your hands makes a certain sound? But do you realize that your life in God's hands has the ability to make a radically different sound. Do you know that, that your life was so valuable that God gave His one and only Son to die on a cross for the mistakes that you and I have all made because He loves you and He's called you and He's given you gifts. And the reality is, is your life, my life is of incredible value and worth. However, when I try and do and use my strength to my own glory in my own strength. They sound a certain way and they may not always sound impressive, but it's funny how when you put your life like I put the guitar in Kristen's hands, that that musical instrument sounds beautiful, doesn't it? Do you know that your life When you put your life in His hands, when you take the step of faith like 60 high schools did to go, God, just choose my life. Do something with my life. Anything. Your life can make such a profound difference. Stop for a moment. What are you going to do? Where are you going to walk into this week? If we applied this principle to our lives, to be faithful with what we have, what would that look like in our workplace? How would that change our workplace? Rather than grumpily walking in, cranky face with a cup of coffee, we bound in full of joy, Go, you know what God, use me because I've got a it's it's a dimension flip in my head. God, now what I want to do is I want to I want to use my gifts to glorify you. God, I want to use my gifts to make a difference in people's lives. What could that look like? What could it look like for your kids? What could it look like to you look at your kids, that precious gift that God has entrusted us with? That God, you know what God, I just want to be faithful with my three kids. I just want to love them the best I can. And I, I don't, what could I look like for your marriage or for your relationships? I'm going to be faithful with that person, faithful with that relationship. You know, what could it look like with the, the things that you do outside of church? What could it look like inside of church? I thank God for the team that stands up here and leads us in worship. Otherwise, you would put up with me in a guitar like that. Which I don't think Kristen would let me use the guitar ever again. So, church, I don't want to I don't want to rob you of an opportunity that God could use you. See, we've got to understand that Christianity is not a spectator sport, but it's a religion where everyone gets the chance to equally Participate in. So I want to ask you a question this morning. What's the gift that God has given you? What's the, it's an easy way to find out, what's the passion that drives you? You know, as you, as we look at Christian and we hear Christian, is there something inside of you that goes, you know what? <laughs> I'd love to do that. And actually, unlike me, have the abilities to be able to do that. You know, I look at the team in the blue shirts. You know what I I love to wear a blue shirt so that every single person who comes through those doors not just feels welcome because that's what someone says on a stage but they walk in and they're like you know what a welcome to church it's amazing to have oh, really me you don't even know me yeah i know <laughs> but we still love you and welcome can i come and sit with you can i can i share you a coffee it's free after the church can i share you a coffee after church What's the gift that God has given you? And I want to ask you a challenging question. Are you using it? What I find interesting about the gifts is that the gifts are given to people in a certain age bracket. privilege of sitting in an older couple's home this week. I had the privilege of hearing what God's done through them. I had the a privilege of just hearing their hearts cry for people. I was humbled as I sat on their couch and listened to what, what they've done in their life. And my plea to them and my plea to so many others is Let's stop living in the past because God's not finished. If you're not dead, God's not done. Regardless of age, gender, skin colour, whatever, that God still has a plan for your life, that He still wants to use you, that He's given you gifts, He's given you abilities, He's given you talents, and He's simply saying to you, will you be faithful with what I have given you? Because one day we're going to stand before Him And my prayer for you, my prayer for me is what the master said to two of the three servants. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things and I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. What an incredible day that will be. What's your next steps? I want to make this super practical this morning in front of your chair, either in front of you or in front of your partner's chair is a little card that looks like this. It's a connect card. It's what we encourage everyone who comes to our church, fill it in so we can contact you during the week and be able to sort of see, hey, how can we help connect you in or whatever it might be. But what I want you to do this morning is if God's stirring something in you, I want you to grab it or steal your neighbours. Each one, you know, it's fine. Uh, and I want you to put your name up the front, your actual phone number. Note someone else's number and then underneath I should put down maybe there's an area that you'd like someone to give you a call and go hey you know what I'd love to find more about kids Cherith up the back has an incredible kids ministry team that, that sews into my kids and your kids and your grandkids or your pseudo grandkids' life and they need more people We need more people to stand up here on the worship team. Emma needs more team with the tech. We need more people on welcome. We need more great food produced. Everyone loves the great food. Yes, we do. And there is a way that each one of us can be involved. We need people who are willing to, to pick up some people and drive them to church because they don't have access to a vehicle. We need people who will just pastorally care and love on some people. Make some phone calls and go, hey, it's Jenny from church. And we just say, we've missed you for the last couple of weeks. And I just want to say, we love you. And you're awesome. And you are such an invaluable part of our church. There is a way for each one of us. So what I want you to do, the team's going to come up. And we're going to sing the song for the sake of the world. See what we've got to realize: the, the the gifts that God has given us aren't for us. The call of God in our life is to reach our community, and nation, and a world. The call of God in our lives is to meet the to reach the people that we live, work, and laugh with. God has called us to, to step out of ourselves and go, you know what, God, how can I make a difference in someone else's life? How can I use the gift that you've given me in someone else's life? So why don't you grab your Connect card? God, what are you saying to me this morning? What's the gift that you've given me? How do I need to activate it? How do I need to be faithful with it? And in the next... Let me just apologise in advance, you may not get a phone call this week because we're all away on staff retreat. So either this week late or next week, you'll get a phone call from one of our team so that we can say, hey, you know what? You made an inquiry about joining Welcome. You made an inquiry about joining Hospitality. You made an inquiry about joining our kids or our youth teams. You made an inquiry about the worship teams or production. Or you made an inquiry about driving some people to church. made an inquiry about making some phone calls just to love on some people say, so you know what? We love you. Can we do anything to help you? I mean, it's an inquiry about, I want to make some, some meals so that we can get those meals into some people who've just had babies or are sick or whatever it might be. So this morning, will you be faithful with whatever you have? Church, we do this. We do this for the sake of the world. We have pens up the front and down the back. If you need a pen, just raise your hand. We're going to do this because our world needs Jesus. And our world needs you choosing your God-given gifts to make a difference in people's lives. Let me pray this morning. Dearly, Father, we thank you. God, we thank you for Mandy. While she's deaf, she's got a gift and she's using it. God, thank you for her story about the fact that she didn't let her, her challenges in life stop her from using a God-given gift. God, we've all got reasons. We all look at our bags at different times and don't think they're as oppressive as other people's bags. Lord, let us understand that all talents are equal in your eyes. And then all He's asking us to do, all you're asking us to do, is activate them. Hit go on the keyboard. So the more people in our community nation world can see and hear that God is alive.
0: We hope you've been blessed by this message from Gateway Baptist Church. We're a growing family and everybody who walks through our doors is welcome. If you'd like to connect with us, please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au to find out more.